It's about finding meaning in what you're doing. And then you just happen to make money from what you are doing that makes meaning to you. Welcome to episode two of the story of success. Hi, my name is Jesse Dan Yusuf. I am the founder and creative director of Fireworks, a creative digital media company based in Abuja that combines storytelling and technology to give meaningful experiences. On this episode of the story of success, I interview my friend and brother Cyrus Agbo. Um, he is the founder of Agon Studios. He has a wealth of experience. You know, he has worked with a number of digital media companies and he has, in, in the past year, he set out himself to start his own creative production um, outfit called Agon Studios. He's also the convener of BEAD, which is beyond a degree. He is so passionate about education and what young people can do after they graduate. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let us know. Enjoy. Welcome to the story of success. I'm very excited about today's episode because of who I'm with and because of where I am. I'm with my friend and my brother, Cyrus Agbo, the founder and CEO of Aegon Studios and the convener of Beyond a Degree. Um, as you guys know, I'm already obsessed with stories, stories about everything and especially about success. So I'm going around interviewing entrepreneurs and creatives and just finding out what success means to them and, you know, their definition of success and also, um, you know, kind of like documenting their journey towards what they call success. Now, you may hear music in the background. It's because they are setting up for, I think, a party or something at Social Media with Lagos. So just add on the music. I'm sure you can hear us clearly. So now Cyrus, he's going to introduce himself and you know just what um, prompted him to start Aegon Studios and what prompted him to start Beyond the Degree. So Cyrus. Okay, um, thank you very much. Adnerot, I think it's a privilege for you having me here. Um, we go back um, and I think it's amazing to see our journey from um, where we started uh, uh, you know, grew up and stuff in the north to where we are now. And we're in the city of Lagos, you know, so it's something to be grateful for. Um, okay, your question says, uh, what inspired me to start um, Aegon Studios and Beyond the Degree? I think um, I would like to start rather from defining what success means to me and what success, what I think is the correct definition of what success is. Uh, for me, I think success, because if, if, if we're unable to qualify with the meaning of success, it will be difficult to comprehend why we start things and why we stick with things when they are not, when they are unpopular or where things are hard, right? So for me, I think success is most importantly being able to find meaning in the work that we do and also while you are finding meaning at that work that you are doing, you are extracting commensurate value from it. Value in this case being money. You understand but the first thing is meaning and when you find meaning then you pursue value you get um, if we're unable to constantly find meaning in the work that we do we will not be able to re retain the revenues that we make while at it and even if we retain it 
there's so much we can do. We'll not be able to inspire or aspire for even more. So, um, yeah, for me, success is finding meaning in the work that you do and then being able to extract monetary value from that work while you're at it. So why did we start Aegon Studios? Um, I, I worked in marketing for like four years, going to five years, first in PR and then digital, right? And um, if for one of the challenges, and then while in those roles, I functioned as the head of, P, uh, head of strategy in both cases. And um, working as the head of strategy, you get to work with agencies, the creative agencies and all. And I'm on a, that's on a professional level. And on a personal level, I've been privileged to live in all parts of Nigeria. I've lived in the north. I was born in the north. I'm from the east. I served in the south. And then I live, now I live in the west. So I, there's so many experiences, so many experiences I have about how the country is. There's so many stories that I had seen. So, and you know, for me, being able to start a business is about connecting the dots, right? So what are the dots that are connected? Number one, working in marketing. Um, a big challenge for me was when working with creative agencies, the creative guys do what they think is cool. They are not able to filter their creativity through what the brand represents, through the brand story, brand value, brand tone of voice, all of that. That's for the marketing people, right? Then the marketing people all, oftentimes struggle to effectively communicate what their goals were to the language that the creative agencies will understand, right? And then... From a personal point of view, all the stories I had seen in Nigeria, one of the biggest problems we have in this nation is that we don't document stuff. So I felt the need to start a company that will tell stories. Our mission in Egon Studios is to help brands inspire audiences to purpose and action using visual content. You know, so these are the things that align together the space, you know, being able to help interpret brands' dreams effectively from a creative standpoint because we're marketing people first. Well, we say we're marketing people first before we're creative people. You know, so that's the first thing. And then for beyond the degree, some really, I read biochemistry, right? And I'm doing marketing and content. Not everybody is lucky enough to discover themselves to the point of making that kind of transition. So basically wanted to help um, bridge the divide between um, education and industry using advocacy, technology, and tool-based learning. So... Summarily, yeah. Um, okay. Are there people that, you know, you look up to whether um, here in Nigeria or in history or, you know, just people doing stuff in the world right now that, man, this person is killing it right now and you're probably trying to just imbibe some of maybe their characteristics, traits or culture and, you know, you're obsessed with that and you want to see yourself those, you know, those kind of things too. Uh, okay. Um, I think um, I, I don't. I don't want to start like this because it's easy for everybody. To say, oh yeah, he's popular. But I would say Elon Musk. Why do I like Elon Musk? Not for the big news, but Elon Musk for what he stands for. He's constantly in the pursuit of hard problems. Do you understand? Yeah. It's unpopular. There was a time somebody asked him, what do you define business as? And he said, starting a business is like falling into a bottomless pit while chewing glass. So you are dealing with external struggles, falling into the bottomless pit, and you're dealing with internal struggles, chewing glass, right? Yet this guy is building... At the same time, he's building electric cars that are refillable along the road. And more recently, he created a company called The Boring Company. 
that is trying to transport cars underground in order to save traffic. These are problems that people run away from because they appear to just be too hard. Yeah, and then Elon Musk. Um, secondly, would be um, Chudi. Chudi Jidongwa of Red Media Africa. I worked very closely with him and um, one of the things, uh, one of my now favorite statements I learned from him and which is, we're not afraid to do hard things. He used to say it a lot. And that was the one thing that has become a, a statement for me. Another person I like is um, Tara. I like Tara because of what Tara stands for. She took an, she took, uh, she took an art and built an industry out of it. You know, the art of makeup, makeup, she built industry out of it. So the one thing these three people have in common is the constant pursuit of creating value out of things that seemingly appear to be hard and are actually hard. Yeah. So these three people influence me a lot. Yeah. Um, Tara, today, Elon Musk. Um, what do you think about Jeff Bezos right now? I don't know. Do you follow his story, anything like that? Well, I like Bezos, right? I like Bezos. Um, to be honest, I, I'm not very familiar with his story as a person. I just, uh, but I, I like what he has been able to. You know, there's one thing that these people have in common, right? Constantly looking at certain things and asking, what can this thing be? You know, Jeff Bezos started selling books. And then he has grown into a behemoth. The Amazon is now the go-to place for buying anything, not just books. And there are other services, Amazon web servers, a good number of the websites in the world now on AWS. How do you pivot from selling into hosting, you know, running web services? In fact, he's going into health, healthcare as well. So exactly. I know he's providing products for some health, health stuff. Exactly. So, yeah, I like what Bezos is. I've not followed his story very closely. I'm a lot closer to some other people like Peter Thiel. I like Peter Thiel. One of my favorite books, my top three books, my number two book that has influenced my life the most was written by Peter Thiel, Zero to One. Um, that is the book. Right? My number one book is uh, Ben Horowitz, The Hard Things About Hard Things. You know, um, those are two books that have influenced my life the most. Yeah, but yeah. So, um, Amazon, I like what he's doing, but most important, I like the thinking. Okay. This is all nice stuff, pretty stuff, romantic stuff, do you understand? But um, entrepreneurship in Nigeria, in Africa, in Nigeria is hard. We know that. I'm sure you're, it's not news to you. You know, um, what, what, both of us are running startups, you know. What, why should we continue what we are doing, you understand? Like, does Nigeria really need and personally I think one of the things that can help shape Africa is entrepreneurship right but it's just too hard to be a business owner to be an entrepreneur you understand like what do you think about that what do you think about all of these things like when it comes down to the dirty stuff like what entrepreneurship in Nigeria how what's 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 your, what does what does that what, what goes on in your mind uh, I think I think first I, I like to address the issue of entrepreneurship in Nigeria. I don't I don't subscribe to that. I think entrepreneurship is hard everywhere. Challenges that they face may be different, but it's hard everywhere. That's the truth. Now, um, I think the 
for me, uh, and that draws it back to the most, the first, how I started, which is what success means to you. For me, running a business or work, whatever it is, is about finding meaning in what you're doing. And then you just happen to make money from what you are doing that makes meaning to you. That's, that's what entrepreneurship is about, right? And um, I think the problem is a lot of people right now, entrepreneurship is, is cool. You know, you go to Instagram, you see a lot of people say, you know, entrepreneur, CEO of this. I don't use the term CEO. I'm not CEO. I don't even, I've not gotten to CEO level. Because do you know what it means to chief executive officer? Do you know the number of um, tentacles you need to be pulling at the same time? You know, you're responsible for salaries. You're responsible for the direction of the company. You're responsible for... Uh, you know, to the board of the company. There's just so many layers you're responsible for. And a lot of young people underestimate what is required to run a business. So most people that you put on their Instagram bio, CEO of this, they're mostly living in their homes, living in their parents. The boxes that they're wearing most probably was bought by their parents' money. Do you understand? So if people understand what entrepreneurship truly means, which is the pursuit of creating value, for people and solving problems and then consequently affixing a price tag to that value you're creating, a lot of them will stay in jobs. It's hard everywhere. Do you understand? So the first thing is... So, um, do you think Nigeria needs more entrepreneurs? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that Nigeria requires more entrepreneurs. People, But then people need to be inter- uh, informed first what entrepreneurship really is. So you don't enter with high expectations or entering with the pursuit of the cool factor. It's not cool. It's dirty. It's hard. You'll be disappointed. You'll be broke. Except maybe you have a trust fund somewhere and there's somebody giving you money or whatever. But it's hard. But the good thing is if you understand what the true requirements are and you go in understanding that your pursuit is truly about creating value right you would you would stick with it when it gets hard you stick with it when it gets hard and most importantly well by sticking with it you will create the value that will unlock even new opportunities um one of my favorite preachers td jakes was talking once and he said that god doesn't make furniture he gives us trees it is now the entrepreneurs the people who are willing to stop and that mass of stock and leaves and then they'll lean back and say what can this be and out of that constant thought of what can this be will emerge chairs will emerge tables will emerge um, um, you know wall cupboards all sorts of things so the, the challenge of entrepreneurship is the constant pursuit of solving new problems you know in create solving old problems or new problems, but most importantly solving it in a new way. You understand? And as long as that's cross people who are constantly willing to go the route, the unpopular route, who are willing to do their things, create new lines of value, our country will go further. Okay, um, so I just read, I uh, like two weeks ago I finished reading um, the story of success, I mean outliers, the story of success. Right. Oh, um, the, I think it's like part three of the book where it talks about a legacy, you know, and how legacies shape successful people. So, not just 
like sociolo- from a sociological perspective, we inherit so much from our forefathers, you understand? Like, how important is that in someone being a success? And have you tried to tap into that? You know, if you have you tried to tap into that, you know, legacies from you know our four our forebears, our four our forefathers. Have you tried to tap into that into becoming? You know, shaping has that shaped you into becoming? Have you noticed anything like that? Um, I think if I understand your question is about is it about influences? Yes, from our, our from our forefathers. You understand, like how. The legacy of whatever pictures from our uh, four, four, four. Uh, who, who are they? <laughs> no, no, no. To be honest, do we? I don't think we have enough examples in Africa to follow. Let me not say Africa, in Nigeria to follow. Yeah. If you drill deep, and I think this is something that uh, came, um, that I, I like the way LD, LD Didon wrote, put up a tweet that absolutely captured it. Yes. And it went viral. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it was very apt. Yeah. We don't have, if you drill deep into two thirds of the success stories we have in Africa, in Nigeria, let me not speak for other countries, in Nigeria, you find out that there was a long line of nepotism, right? One uncle or one family or one, you know, there's always somebody that knew somebody that's a relationship is important in growing business, absolutely. However, if those relationships were not built on the basis of value, rather than on the base of just connection. I know you so thick. That's why there's no accountability. So do I have influences? Absolutely. Are they Nigerian? Not many. They're actually very... In fact, the, most of the people that now uh, we can look up to and say, oh, I want to learn something about business are in our generation. We mentioned Tara. We mentioned Chudi. There are, there are a few of these people. There are people like... Um, there's Mitchell of InterSwitch, right? You have a number of people who... Um, who have gone, there's, there's the Paystack boys, there's uh, Mark Essien that built hotels or NGD, a number of people who are pushing the boundaries, right? And they are trying new things. However, a lot of the people who are there before us, unfortunately, don't exactly have a lot of stories to tell us. That's why when you ask them in interviews, how did you succeed? LD, like LD said, they'll tell you is by the grace of God. What does that mean? How do I, do I, how do I take by, by the grace? use the word by the grace of God to prepare a business plan. What do I need to know? In, how do I take by the grace of God into a conversation for negotiation? What do I, there's no stepwise process of how to reproduce. First find success and reproduce. So I think that that's a challenge for Africa. I think our forefathers didn't get that quite right. They probably weren't thinking, they were probably thinking about just survival at the time. And like a friend of mine says, survive is the enemy of thrive. So once all your pursuit is survival, you will never be able to thrive. But I think that our generation has the opportunity to get it right. Um, I miss all the people who are pursuing CEO because it's cool. Some people will still, I miss all of that. When realization hits them, they will wake up from, the pursuit, from that pursuit of the cool factor and begin to get it right. And then we can leave a trail that the next generation can follow. You get... Um, we have a few people like Strive Masiua. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, those people are people I look up to because they can tell you in stepwise process, you know, how they got to where they are. You know, there are a few other people like that um, that I respect. There's, um, um, and I'm trying to remember the names now, but Strive Masiwa is a flagship in that space. He, he'll tell you his failures. 
He'll tell you his success. He'll tell you how he was. And if you really you find out his stories are too are true. So yeah. Um, okay, that's. I, I really love Strive um, and the ability for him to share, you know, his failures, his successes, and he tells the African success story. Do you understand? Um, you are the convener of Beyond the Degree. You've had, you successfully ran one last year. And what is the role of education in entrepreneurship in, and, uh, you know, like combining the two? Because they didn't teach us this growing up. Do you understand? Uh, so we are learning on the job. Yeah. Do you understand? So like, does should the Nigerian should it be reformed in a way that includes entrepreneurship? Uh, I, I think I have a problem also with the concept of including entrepreneurship into schools. Entrepreneurship is not it. It's not something you learn. Entrepreneurship is not a standalone course. It's a composite of many skills. Many things come together into informing the thinking of an entrepreneur. There's knowledge of business finance. There's negotiation. There's um, personal relationships. There's teachings on integrity, long term. You know, um, a lot of the problems we have in this country, if you drill deep, they were because most of the people who instituted them probably didn't even know the long-term effects of those actions because we're not taught how to forecasting that's the technical term all these things are in different fields of knowledge but they come together so I think that now about your question about what's the role of education in entrepreneurship I think it's huge I watched a documentary uh, not a documentary it was a talk by Tim Cook Tim Cook was asked the question in an event why is it that Apple still Apple, which is the one of the, if not one, if not the one of the most American brands? Why does Apple manufacture in China? In fact, it has become a joke now in America that even the American dream is made in China. Tim Cook, in a very unbiased manner, answered it shockingly. He said that we manufacture in China not because oh, it's a nice to have. And it's not because of the popular opinion that people say, oh, because of the numbers, they have a workforce. No. He said, China is not about the number of people. It's about the quality of the skill. It's not about the number of the skill, the amount of the skill. It's about the quality of the skill. That the Chinese system, the education system, has prioritized technical education from the onset. And this is dating 50 years back. So as of 50 years ago, the Chinese education system prioritized technical education. Children were taught and institutionalized, as in technical skills is institutionalized. So he said, he gave an example that if you call in America, you say you want to do a meeting of product specialists, for example, you probably will not be able to fill the room. But in China, if you call a meeting of product design specialists, you fill two football fields. You fill up two football fields in China. So that that is the issue, right? And that is, his, according to him, from the start. In Nigeria, technical education, uh, technical education is low budget. They are you know, it's, uh, they, are, they, are, they are third class individuals. They are not people that you want to take seriously. Yeah. Meanwhile, these are, and then it's BSE holders that gods, even though it doesn't even account, it doesn't amount for anything these days. So the system, even in America, I think I've forgotten what the of education in America is, but it exceeds 25%, I think. Right? Because they understand the impact of distilling this thing 
to the Ghana level. We still do maths and English. In we, we still do um, board maths in Nigeria. What is the what is the what is the industry application of board maths? What is it? Do you know? So, education is in, is an intrinsic, and not just education for education's sake. The design of the educational system has to be reviewed with industry in view. If not, we'll keep churning out people who will spend the first four years of their lives learning how to work rather than working. Okay, um, I just have two more questions for you, then we're done. What three events, you know, has shaped you to the man you are right now and the man you are becoming? Um, three events. Oh, okay, okay. Three, three moments. Um, I think I, I can't put a date to it, but I think one moment that made that hits me would be the day I realized that nobody's special, that I'm not special. It was a painful realization because I always thought I was. But then the more I researched into the lives of successful people, I realized that we are not born special. We are made special by what we do. Do you understand? Um, and also a consequent uh, of the consequent discovery is that lie that people say, you know, you are it's, it's not what you do that counts, it's who you are that matters. It's not it's a lie. Who you are is defined by what you do. So, yes, number one was the day I discovered I was not special, that nobody is. We are, we're only special by what we do, right? Um, the second thing would be, um, I think my, uh, the second, what was the second event? Three events. I think it would be the day I realized that, um, I think it was after reading The Hard Things About Hard Things, that book, I realized that the only way to rise to relevance is if you are in the constant pursuit of hard things. That's the only way. The people who, from Walt Disney to Steve Jobs, you find that if you drill deep, there were people who had very deep personal struggles because they chose to pursue hard problems. So after reading The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz, that book, it was a combination of because I read the hard things about hard things right after reading Zero to One, so I was in shock, right? And then um, third thing is, I would say my my event that shaped me in the mantle I am. I think my relationship with my fiance, who is soon to become my wife. Um, I think it's important. No, no, no. It's yeah because. It's important who we spend the, the time of our lives with. Um, the people who we choose as life partners, they shape in us a lot. And I've become, um, being in, in relationship with, the person, with my, my partner, my, you know, my fiance has helped me put a lot of things in perspective. You know that it's important to have a, that it's possible to win on every point. I think that's the summary. Being in that relationship has taught me that you don't have to sacrifice family for work. 
and you don't have to sacrifice work for family. You can win on both sides. It requires a lot more discipline. It requires a lot more time management, but you can have it all. Yeah. So three moments. So um, last three three things you want to leave with someone that is looking to start. You know, uh, what will you tell the person? Just three things. Um, number one, it's not glorious. Forget the Instagram likes. It's a tough world we live out here, you know. Um, number two, I would say, um, please do what you love. Because it's going to get hard. And the only thing that will keep you when it gets hard is that you love what you're doing. You know, and then the third thing is um, my favorite shoe brand, which is Nike. Just do it. Just, just do it. Um, um, Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk posted something and I sent him a message saying thank you sir for this. He said quality is subjective. Do you understand? And it is open to interpretation. Just keep putting out content. Just keep putting out there and keep improving. You know, as you keep doing it, you'll get better. So yeah. Alright, thank you. Um, this is the end of the podcast The Story of Success with Cyrus Agbo, my brother, uh, the founder and CEO of Aegon Studios and coming out beyond a degree. I'm really looking forward to 10, 20, 50 years. You and I, we are looking back and we are like, look at what we've built. Thank you, bro. God bless. Yeah. Um, shout, out to, shout out to Young and um, Fireworks. You guys are doing an amazing job. And yeah, looking forward to what we built. <laughs> All right.